Hello and welcome back to Almost Legends. I'm your Dungeon Master, Mark. Thanks for joining us uh, here for episode two of season one. But before we jump into the episode and pick up where we left off after episode one, uh, let's take a moment and introduce our dynamic duo. Ian, you're up first. Hi, I am Ian, and I play Eleanor Dietz, a shockingly sarcastic inventor and investigator with a soft spot for robots. Uh, we have sort of been talking. We decided that with each introduction, we're going to do like a themed sort of fact each week about our characters so you guys can get to know them a little better. Um, so for me, I've been thinking about it, and I'm going to theme mine around uh, Ellie around the office. Uh, just some things that Ellie does uh, when working on her, her projects uh, or investigating a case or just how she just generally is uh, in the uh, in custom investigation. So uh, my first uh, around the office fact here is that um, Ellie loves food, but she really hates cooking. Now, this is something I think a lot of people can relate to. Um, but the reason why she hates cooking is not that she doesn't want to do it. It's she thinks that she's going to be able to cook up a meal for herself. And because it's just a recipe, there's no way she can mess it up. The problem is she gets so easily distracted. Uh, she is constantly burning things or forgetting ingredients because she's trying to multitask like complex, like electrical component integrations into her armor uh, or or working on a case with Alexi. And uh, so she will forget key uh, ingredients or or leave something or you know cook something too long so with that in mind uh, a little bit selfish but she knows that alexi has taken up a bit of an interest in many human activities and social constructs like uh like how he wears accessories so recently ellie has taken to leaving cookbooks and like random recipes around the office with the hopes that Alexi will see them and decide to try cooking. Uh, <laughs> so she's hoping that she might be able to lead Alexi to get interested in cooking so that she doesn't have to. <laughs> I get your robot uh, who's definitely not your butler to <laughs> slowly but surely become your butler. Like after this, it's like I just keep leaving tuxedo jackets out, and <laughs> I don't know why. So there's always a no, tuxedo she, jacket you know, around I here. Think I think it's definitely selfish, but I think in her head, she's like, if he doesn't want to do it, like I'm not gonna ask him to do it, make him feel like he has to. But at the same time, like if he decides, ooh, cooking looks fun, that'd be great. <laughs> <laughs> how dare you well i'll go ahead and introduce my character uh my name is gibby and i am playing alexi ii or just alexi in general uh you can just call him that the electro funk music loving sidewalk strolling war forged barbarian um as a part of his kind of initial construction uh as a construction bot that is uh, he has been programmed with 62 programmable phrases that uh, the everyday goers, as, as Lexi would be doing his job, could come across and interact with the bot and the visual components of him as, as the construction bot would recognize a being in front of them and say one of these 62 programmable phrases that might be fitting in response or, or it might not be, such as, fumes? What fumes? I only smell progress. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> the many fumes <laughs> of Zahn do not phase the construction bots. They are only programmed with propaganda. Basically propaganda. Oh, I love fumes. it. What fumes? I only smell progress. That's fantastic. Well, so as you good. guys get to know our characters a little bit better, there's lots of stuff that we'll be talking about uh, at the beginning. Uh, but as your dungeon master, it's my responsibility to update you on what happened last episode and where we're going to pick up as we jump back in. So uh, last episode, we met the Font family who had lost uh, one of their sons. Well, I guess their only son, uh, as it is, uh, had gone missing. And uh, oh, so Oto went missing. Uh, and these guys got the case to go and find Oto only to find out that uh, Jed Darknell and Selena Smith had also gone missing. They investigated each of the residents, the font, the Darknell, and the Smith residents to try to learn more, and all clues led to the same location, a uh, drinking hole in the Undercity called the Goggle and Bottle. Uh, there was a little bit of uh, a, a little bit of hijinks, a little bit of getting in trouble. Uh, may have ended up on the Enforcer's radar, not 100% sure if we did or didn't. Uh, we'll see in a little bit, I guess. Right, guys? <laughs> right. We'll Hopefully see. not. Yeah. Uh, but in the end, uh, headed to, you guys just uh, took direction, went straight to uh, the Undercity. And on your way to the Goggle and Bottle, have found yourself cornered in a back alley of the Undercity between three Zon thugs, which we're really excited about. We did not have a fight. So you guys did not get to see these characters fly into action, but you're going to see our Artificer and our bar Barbarian in Episode 2 fly into action right at the beginning. So I don't know, guys. Are you guys ready to play some Dungeons & Dragons? Ready to get into it? Let's do I'm it! I'm ready to yeah. swing some stuff. Yeah, cue the music, guys. Okay, guys, we're into game episode two. Let's go. You're starting off. There's a thug in front of you. Two thugs have stepped out of the alleys behind you. I think that, uh, what, Ellie, your, your, like, super electric shoot suit did, like, all sorts of cool things. Am I right about that? Oh, I, I plugged in my, uh, I have these little retractable cables on my shoulder mounts. I went and plugged them into the back or into the top of my gauntlets, and uh, we're lit up and ready to rumble. Yeah, absolutely. These guys, by the way, have nothing of that sort. Nothing really cool at all. Uh, but they're going to try to exact the tool from you guys for crossing into the Undercity. So why don't we get this session started off the right way by rolling some initiative for the very first time in this campaign. Yeah, give me some initiative rules. And uh, I'm going to do the best to track these things at the same time. Uh, whenever you guys are ready... Let me know what your initiatives are. 12. 12? 12. 12 for Alexi. 12 for Alexi. And that's a natural 20. No way. Oh. Plus two. The first roll for 22, combat. 22, baby. Let's go. First Rolling roll high is supposed to be my thing. Listen, okay. Uh, Ellie is a speedy girl. All right. Okay, well, in that case, for uh, this, uh, for this, we're going to be going with Ian. You're going to be first on Ellie, and then we're going to go with the bandit leader who's in front of you guys. Uh, he's the guy who stepped out and had the conversation with you last session. 
He's going to be going next. Then we're going to be going Alexi, and then two bandits behind you uh, are, are going to be the last two to go in initiative here. So why don't we start off here uh, with Ellie? What are you going to do here? Turn one. Yeah, so um, real fast. So we're in an alleyway, but I assume like based on the fact that we're like kind of in the undercity, it's it's like kind of claustrophobic, right? Like, yeah, it's pretty tight. It's like, yeah, it's pretty tight. I wouldn't even say it's probably a full 10 foot. It's probably like a five okay. foot wide alley, uh, kind of grungy. It smells. I would say like the cobbles are slick and you're not real sure what they're slick with, but they're definitely slick. So you find a way to use slick cobbles to your advantage. Feel free. Okay. Well, so my next question would then be, uh, is there like, um, cause kind of, I know like in, uh, arcane, a lot of the stuff in the understood, it's very layered, like very vertically layered. There's houses on houses and pipes. Yes, and whatnot. Absolutely. Um, is there something that like I could, cause I want to, I want to use, uh, one of my, uh, features, um, we, we got to pick like magic items, uh, to plug into our characters and mine is incorporated to my armor, which is the ring of jumping. Uh, and I want to first oh. thing like. Ooh, la, la. jump up to like like i can jump up to i guess 30 feet or something like that um up like yeah. straight up and onto like a pipe or something up there oh you want to jump on up onto a pipe yeah I'll like you, i'll give you two options okay either you you can jump straight up into the air and mm -hmm. like you can jump definitely find something to try to jump onto up there okay um, we'll probably have to make a balance check to land on it and not slide off and come tumbling down or you can jump up in like through a bunch of like rags and debris and disappear into it and then come down on top of him with a hit. No, uh, I think I want to get on. I don't think I want to perch on top of something. Okay. Okay. Sure. Yeah. Well, either way, you're going to launch up into this stuff. And I'm just going to say like, there's like a decrepit porch, like up okay. above you. Dope. So you're going to like Superman jump with your fist up and just blow through the bottom of that porch up <laughs> above into something up above you. Uh, that, okay, that, that sweet. Cool. Yeah, okay. yeah. Like my, you, like the first thing that happens is that like you hear a bunch of whirring and gears and whatnot, and like this electrical charge goes through like those uh, wiring on the on the feet, and she just crouches down and then boom, leaps up with her her robotic legs. Awesome. So the two thugs from behind, uh, they each smile and brandish. They pull out daggers, mm -hmm. and they say, "Looks like this one's gonna be easy, boys." She's running scared. It's just us three <laughs> and you, bot. Um, so that's my bonus action, because that's what my ring of jumping lets me do. Uh, oh, wow, did that's I, quite impressive, yeah. Yeah, do I land on somewhere that I can now, uh, like, like shoot I, at I think, continue to I do think you should have to make me a balance check, because you jumped through a, a, like a, a decrepit porch. You got to find something amongst your leap that you can climb onto or grab a hold of or land on up there. Okay. Uh, what's that? Acrobatics? Uh, yeah, yeah. I forgot balance isn't a skill in this game anymore. Yeah, give me an acrobatics <laughs> check. Okay, cool. There's so many old from. rules of Dungeons & Dragons stuck in my head that it's hard to remember which ones are real here. So. That is a 17 plus 2, 19. Oh, yeah. No, that's plenty. You definitely leap up and you just like land almost perfectly. You perch on top of this giant uh, steam pipe that's moving uh, around the city. It's kind of like coming narrowly between two buildings up here. Uh, mm -hmm. And you also have a view down on the battlefield. You can tell they don't know where you are, but you have a view at each of them from up there. Sick. So now I'm going to uh, reach out my arm and on my right arm where I've plugged in the gauntlets, there's these like um, on top of it. There's like these 
almost like like Tesla coil looking things. Um, nice. And a charge begins like building and building and building. And I aim it at the one because there's a there's one guy and then a group of two. I'm going to aim it at the singular guy and I'm going to uh, use my lightning launcher to uh, to zap it. Oh, OK. Yeah, go ahead. Does lightning launcher require an attack or a save on my uh, part? It's a attack roll. OK, go ahead. Make your attack roll. Let me know what you got. I'm excited for this I kid one. you not, I got another nat 20. Oh, we're starting the night strong, boys. Let's go. These guys are going to get obliterated. <laughs> I couldn't yes. have asked for a better way to start this combat. <laughs> this is so unlike me. For the listeners, like, I've played D&D with Gibby for forever, and this is like Gibby rolls. We we call them Gibby rolls. Yeah. Is this and foreshadowing I'm of what's rolls to right come? Now. Are we switching oh, okay. luck? Uh, and by the way, in my campaigns, we didn't talk about this house rule, but in my campaigns, just like the last one that you guys have played in, uh, it, for a crit, I want to make sure it matters. So you double your dice, but your first set of dice get automatically maxed. So if this hits for 3d6, you hit for 18, and then you roll 3d6 and add that to it. Well, it's 2d6. Uh, okay, so perfect. So it's 12 to start, and then I roll the other two, right? Correct. Yep, yeah, roll the other two. Okay, that's another six plus four. So, okay, so 22. Uh, it's 22 points of damage, of lightning damage. Okay, so let's just say this guy's hit points were 11. Um, What does it look like when this guy gets zapped from above and uh, it's double his life? yeah, I mean, I want to, I want to, I feel like it's like the cartoons where it's like zapping and you see the bones, you know, just like blink, 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 blink. <laughs> yeah, okay. And then this guy, like, it, the electricity goes away and there's just like a smoke and a sizzle lifting up from his head where his hair is just like spiked to the ends. And then, and then he just falls over and kind of. It's the smell of progress. <laughs> yeah. Um, the smell I mean, of it. This, the, I mean, this guy is not kind of like the dude's fried uh and with that he was talk crap get zapped yeah uh he was next in initiative so alexi it's your it's your turn uh the two thugs behind you are very wide-eyed right now uh i'll let you decide what you want to do on your turn though alexi sees ellie do ellie things and he's used to this he's he knows what she's capable of apparently these thugs didn't so He's like he pulled out his his uh, hammer, his war hammer, and he's got it like equipped, like in his hands. He's not going to move. He's just going to turn around and look at the two thugs and just like hold it up because it's a narrow kind of uh, alleyway here. He's going to hold it like up over his head and he's going to hold his action and wait to see if the two thugs come in. I mean, he's not necessarily mad at them right now because they haven't done anything to him, and he's hoping that they've learned their lesson. But he's not afraid to strike in case these two guys are stupid. So he's going to wait for them to see if they see if they charge him. If they don't, they're they're allowed to escape with their life. Alexi is definitely the better half of this duo. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yes, I would say so. Uh, I mean, what do a couple of Zon thugs do who are just trying to make an easy buck off a couple of Piltover guys when they see their buddy get completely fried? Uh, I mean, I think they run, right? Like, I would run. I, I think it's they up to run. them. The most anticlimactic start to any combat in any <laughs> But you know what? If all combats go like that, it'll be a quick session. We won't have to worry about much. Uh, I think they both <laughs> turn and flee. They run. They just, like, they leave the alley and just cut out because, yeah, they're not 
They're not trying to stay around in that business. They're not trying to get hit with electricity from above. That's for sure. Dang. When you end with the banter, you're going to get the hammer. Like, that's just the just <laughs> Yay, <laughs> we have rhymes. We have rhymes. More to come. Perfect, perfect. Well, uh, yeah, I mean, this this guy is dead, though. Like, he's, he's super dead, so... I'm going to walk yeah. over to him, and I'm going to drag him more like pick him up because I probably can. I'm going to reclip yeah, yeah, my warhammer onto my back and I'm going to pick this dude up and I'm going to bring him in. I'm going to like bring him his lifeless body into the alley and like prop him up against like a, like a garbage uh, dumpster. So that way he looks like he's, I don't know, like napping or homeless or maybe. And I'm going to take all of his money. So it fits the bill. Um, and, and we're just going to kind of move on with our day. Uh, yeah, I mean, he, he's carrying like, uh, he's carrying like a knife and like, he, he's got a dagger and a, and a, a coin with a handful of, like a bag with a handful of coins in it. I don't I'm not even hundred percent sure what, I probably should look this up, what the currency they use in Piltover, but we're going to use gold as our currency because that's the easiest. Uh, yeah, like a handful of coins, uh, in a, in a coin purse. And that's, that's probably about it. Not, I'm going to take his dagger do. and I'm going to throw it in the garbage, in the garbage can because he clearly doesn't use it anymore and he didn't need it and it didn't do him any good. So that, that's going to go in the garbage can and we're going to pocket the gold <laughs> and we're going to keep on with it. Absolutely ruthless. Uh, absolutely well, ruthless. Well, you know, no uh, fingerprints. Ellie, how are you getting <laughs> down from your steam pipe 30 foot up, uh, in the air between two buildings? Yeah, so Ellie actually jumps off and pulls out uh, a uh, small little device from her um, like pouch and throws it on the ground directly underneath her. When it lands, it like expands out into this like um, kind of like big square. Um, actually, I'd say probably circular um, pad and begins emitting a really high like frequency thing. Um, and she's gonna cast Featherfall, but it's basically a um, magnetic, like you know, you know how you've seen those things where like you can like hover like a ball or something in a magnet, sure. like a football helmet. It's basically one of those things where she lands and it like kind of absorbs some of that impact. Um, and so she kind of like lands in that like magnetic sort of push and then slips out of it and kind of lands on her feet. Yeah, man, there's some strong Iron Man vibes going on right now uh, in in this game. There's a, if that had been a beam of light and not a lightning bolt it, that had come out of your hand, it, you would have just been Iron Man uh, right there. So yeah, I mean, she doesn't have like a helmet or anything. It's all lightning, you know, or well, electricity. It's still cool. It's yeah. still really cool. Okay, you know. well, you guys have successfully. No one has seen what. Uh, what Alexi is capable of, but maybe we'll get another opportunity. Um, you guys are uh, yeah, heading I, off. I, and... I did so good that I I shafted my uh, fellow party member. <laughs> <laughs> no, to be fair, no opportunity to interact. For for all transparency, Gibby, not Alexi, Gibby said, "This isn't the time. This is not the time. <laughs> this is not the time to pull out what I've got because this is going to be very anticlimactic. If this, if this is the first time it's the audience tough. gets to see what I can do, tough act to follow. Right. In fact, not, I think I think I think uh, Ellie will say that. Ah, sorry, Alexi, tough act to follow. <laughs> kind of like dusts her hands and like static shock like zips off of them as she like you know unplugs her like power cords and they zip back almost like a, a retractable like vacuum cleaner uh, cord. They zip back into the the harness. Awesome. I, I enjoyed the show. I, I didn't need to hurt those fellows. Um, you made my job easy. Well, they, uh, we warned them multiple times, and as soon as they pulled out knives, I knew that uh, this wasn't going to end well for them. 
in in reverse, we actually uh, extracted a toll from them, correct? Oh, uh, I don't know. Would you, did, did you find something? He jingles the bag in front of her. Ooh, so this is why having a business partner is the best. Gosh, we can put that down as, uh, well, I don't know how we put that down in the books. He turn, He opens up a little <laughs> pouch on the side of his body that almost looks like one of those like little slots that you drop your keys in overnight at like a car dealership. And he just turns the bag upside down and all the coins go in almost like almost like a, like a deposit box. And then he just like slaps it. <laughs> it's shut. literally yeah, just like a little, uh, little slot machine there. Wonderful. Yep. So, so those will be for safekeeping and be counted uh, when we get back from our, our journeys. Sure. Um, sweet. Uh, well, I'll, I'll kind of like look around and see if, if there's nobody else in here threatening us. Um, what do you uh what do you say, Lexi? Should we get moving on? The goggle and bottle, honestly, after today, I really now especially could use a drink. <laughs> y- yes, uh, um I-, I could use um uh, something that's not here. Something that's <laughs> not an alley. Deal. <laughs> Let's get going. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Onward to the goggle and bottle. You make your way through the Zon streets, and of course it's it's full of the typical undercity, you know. Uh, the, the the normal people that call the Undercity home, kind of what you would expect uh, here on the streets. Uh, you get a lot of glances making your way through. Once again, I think we talked about this last uh, episode, but it's hard for you guys to fit in really fully in either. Um, and then you you make your way down to the Goggle and Bottle. Now, you've known about the Goggle and Bottle, but you've never actually visited the Goggle and Bottle like yourselves. So this is both for both of you. This is, uh, you know, a first time there. Um, it's a, it's just, you know, a very typical sort of grungy undercity drinking hole. Um, they have sort of like, there's some tables out on the street in front of it, and there are people who are standing around talking. It's loud. It's sort of, uh, you know, grimy. You, you know, your typical type of that you would you would picture. Um, who who make the undercity their home? Nothing that you guys are terribly unfamiliar with. Um, but, uh, once again, you guys have never been in before, so you're walking up the outside, you see, you know, lots of rough characters hanging out outside, having drinks, uh, you know, yelling, carrying on, um, and then, you know, got the front, and I would say it even has, like, some saloon doors to it. We got the, you know, the the throw-open saloon doors, and one of them is, like, half-hanging, uh, not, not, not on there fully. Um, do you guys head on into the goggle and bottle itself or try to make some friends outside or, you know, start a fight outside, I guess you could. <laughs> That's always on the menu. Um, just kind of peering around. Do I see anybody else kind of taking notice to our presence here that we kind of don't belong or like well, watching are, us enter? Yeah. You're a, you're like a, what? Six foot five robot. Um, so Yes, yes, but not uncommonly, you know, there, I would say that m- probably everybody standing outside the goggle and bottle has at least glanced up at you. Um, you've seen people who have glanced up at you and then shouldered someone else at the table and they've glanced up at you. You can tell there's several people who are kind of keeping an eye on you out the side of their eye um, here, sort of like at the tables outside. But most of them have kind of gone back to their conversations. Uh, you're definitely... I wouldn't call you an unwelcome presence necessarily, but uh, there, I mean, there's nobody running up to shake your hands either. That's for sure. All right. I think knowing that we're going in somewhere 
I don't know, going in somewhere like indoors where there's going to be a lot of people, what I'm actually going to do just for space purposes is I'm actually going to unclip my Warhammer and I'm going to flip it upside down so the Warhammer part is on the bottom near my waist and I'm going to reclip it back in because it's not going to be like popping out over my shoulders and like looking all threatening and stuff. This is this okay. is like this is like his I'm not a threat right now. Mm, what a great sign. Yes, it's very clear now that uh yeah guys, you heard oh, it here. Just the, flip the, your the Warhammer over. Alexi under <laughs> Alexi thinks everyone understands this. Uh but um I, it's gonna kinda turn to look to Ellie and just kinda like gesture to see if she wants to go inside. Uh we I, I kind of like would like to think that we would like not like we would kind of pause at the like outside like like around the corner, like at the corner, like not approach sure. directly right away. Um, and so I'm going to talk to Lexi and say, um, what's our, what do you think our approach is here? I mean, we could split up if we think we want to win some friends. If we think we want to, I don't know, uh, make a scene or maybe intimidate some people. Uh, I think it's best if we, you know, walk together and show off our tech. Otherwise, I am intend to bundle up in my cloak and uh, try to go in there without making a scene. We could split up if we want to play it a little slow. Splitting up is scary, but I don't want to make a scene. I think we are here for information and not for a fight just yet. Well, I think a lot of people down here likely would be interested in you, if for no other reason than amusement. Maybe see if you can make some friends amongst the ruffians. I know you can handle yourself. And I might pick a nice little corner and see if I can uh, read some lips and find out what might be going on here. Very well. Um, I will find uh, some ruffians. And he kind of just walks off, and he goes looking for, like, he's, like, scouring people like that he would consider ruffians. And he's going to go Yeah, he's like gonna all of them. <laughs> like everyone that you see he's gonna look for a big crowd of people like maybe like a circle of like four or five people that are all kind of like standing around outside that are um either talking and if there's no groups that are kind of like that just outside the goggle and bottle he's gonna make his way inside and look for a similar group of, of four to five people so i'm gonna say that there's like there's two sort of decrepit tables that are outside the goggle and bottle with mostly busted chairs around them um, and both of those have groups. Like there's one with two guys sitting at the only two good chairs at one of them, uh, each with a brown corked bottle in hand, um, drinking, uh, on the other, like on the other side, just like almost like a front porch area pseudo. But these guys are kind of like on the cobbles of the street. I don't know if you've ever been to a restaurant like that where mm. they, they mm -hmm. almost have like a garage door and it kind of goes out into the parking lot. This doesn't have a garage door, but it's kind of out there. Um, and so, but you can definitely see like there's, Lots of people through the saloon doors, like in the actual bar, like in the pub, lots of people. Um, the other table out front, like there's guys with their drinks down on it, but there's four dudes who are standing in a pretty tight circle talking to one another. Um, and their bottles are just kind of like they're they're using the table to hold their bottles, basically. I'm going to find because um, I it would probably wouldn't be very hard to find one of these. I'm going to look at the table, see what they're drinking. I'm going to look down. And um, find, like I said, I see that they have drinks. I'm going to find an empty bottle that's on the ground that's just kind of like been discarded and like thrown away almost like a trash. I'm going to pick that up and I'm going to walk over to the table with that bottle in hand and like pretend to like be a part of their group. Like he now thinks, Alexi now thinks because he has a bottle, he's now initially in the group too. And he's like, going <laughs> to put that down on the table too. And now he is um, provided proper entrance into the conversation. <laughs> 
Okay, Ellie, what are you? Uh, what is your plan? What are you going to be doing? Yeah, I actually want to go and pull like an an Aragorn, right? Like a Strider vibe, okay. where sit in a corner, sort of. I I have this like kind of long, almost like a poncho-y sort of cloak, right? Where it like hangs pretty low. Um, and so I'm going to kind of like do like ra- like wrap it around my shoulder, you know, and flip it around my shoulder and then sort of it um, conceal a lot of the like especially the like tech and stuff in the like the chest plate and everything. Um, and even though they could probably still see like my exoskeleton like legs, like they're not super um, I, I they're like they're they're not I got to imagine that uncommon in Piltover and Zon to have like a little bit of tech here and there. Um, and so I want to basically walk my way into a corner, sit down, um, maybe order a inside drink. Inside the tavern or outside on the porch? Yeah, area. inside, inside. And I want to go inside, sit down in a corner, and just because I have this observant feet where I can read people's lips. And so I basically okay. want to start reading lips and tuning into conversations and like tuning out if there's something, like if it's irrelevant, and tune in if it's something that I think might be pertinent. Sure. So you walk in and, the you know, the goggle and bottles full of all sorts of characters, um, you know, uh, big and small, uh, drunk, most of them drunk. Um, there's probably a couple of places where there's some hushed conversation. There's some live music going on inside the tavern. Um, all of that, you like you can sit and observe it. And certainly if you're looking for something specific, I can let you know if you're able to observe anything that's of importance. But there's a lot of people who are pretty kicked. Like, there's a lot of people mm-hmm. who are pretty trashed already in the evening. Um, but the one thing that is certainly significant um, is uh, the barkeeper. So the barkeeper is a menatar uh, wearing a dirty apron, a really big dude, right? So he's probably taller than Alexi, certainly shoulders much larger and wider than Alexi. Um, you know, there's definitely there's places where the ceiling of the second sort of story in this place dips that he acts to, you know, duck for his horns not to hit. Or should I say his horn? Because one of his horns is cut off. He's only has one horn. He's wearing a dirty apron. He's got a big, thick cigar uh, in his mouth and he sort of has a beard. But, you know, he's got a cow's head. So his beard runs from like the back of his cow chin the whole way up to the end of his chin. In all of these tiny little braids with beads hanging in them um, that run the the whole way along, uh, so just a big big dude, and he's standing. He's he's the one manning the bar. Uh, Alexi, you walk up to this group of four guys who are standing here uh, around the table with bottles on it, and no one greets you. Like you walk up and like no one's like, uh, "Hey, bro!" They just pseudo ignore your presence. And their their tones become hushed. And when you set your bottle down, um, three of them don't look at you. They kind of look away. Um, but one of them looks up at you and he says, can we help you? Oh, he- hello. Um, I-, I have a bottle as well. Uh, I figured I would be able to hang out if you don't mind. Is that uh, is that possible? Uh, I I mean, no harm. We do. Beat it. Oh come on! What's 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 another partner amongst uh, bottle buddies? Isn't that isn't that what uh, Zon is all about? And he kind of like tr- he wants to roll persuasion, but like a friendly persuasion. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, a friendly persuasion is better than intimidation in this case. Uh, right. 
yeah, I mean, I guess you can try to persuade them. Uh, I would say you can persuade them to not act nasty towards you, but it's probably impossible to persuade them to involve you, a stranger, in their conversation. That's like they're, fair. They're, they're not going to pick back up where they left off with you. I just don't want them to turn away. Uh, 14, 10 plus 4. Um, sure. Yeah. I, I mean, that, that, that's fine. So they'll, uh, they'll continue in the conversation. So, uh, he says, you're not from Zon, are you? I've been in Zon, uh, a decent, uh, amount, but no, I, I'm not from Zon. I was built for Zon, if that counts. Yeah. And so I would also say like the name the fact that he uses the name Zon is probably at least moderately significant to you. I mean, certainly this is a place that's considered the Undercity. For someone to be calling it Zon, not that people don't, um, but it's not super common. Um, uh, you know, only because if you if you watch, you know, Zon isn't his own thing uh, as of yet in the show. Right. Like he's he's he is definitely intentionally segmenting the city into two different places to yep. like show he, he has a mental, a mental difference between the two spots. Got it. And, yeah. and I think, mm-hmm. I think Alexi also recognizes that. So he's going to, he's also going to kind of in return respond in the way that he kind of addressed it. No, I'm not from Zon, but I was, I was built for Zon. Um, it's, it's quite nice down here with um, all of the uh, people and, uh, fumes and uh, it's it's great it's great the people down here I've always been uh, rather uh, resilient is if, if that's uh, a way to put it. He spits on the ground. He said, "Didn't know they programmed you bots to lie." Lie? N- not lying. Um, just difference in perspective. That's what we. That's way I like to put it. <laughs> you don't have the scum of the undercity on you. You ain't from around here. That much is clear. Well, I don't view you all as scum as some people might. That's not fair. What do you want? There are three children that um, I know came down here at some point in Tucson and uh, frequent, and he points at the sign, uh, the goggle and uh, bottle, and uh, they're missing. Do you, by chance know the names and he's going to read off the three names have you do you know an auto or maybe a selena or i don't know maybe a jed have you seen us uh, three small children uh come down here about a week ago piltover rats sure they can be piltover rats if you've seen them <laughs> uh yeah Everybody know there's been a couple of piltover rats crawling around the goggle and bottle as of late. Let me tell you what. If I go get another one of these, and he points at the bottle, but it's full, will you tell me more? <laughs> Why? Who's looking for them? Me? I want to know that they are safe. They come from where I come from. It's going to take a lot more than a bottle to get me talking about the brats. How Listen, about two? They don't belong here, and I don't want to talk about them. Nobody does. If you want to talk to them, talk about them. Talk to Hugo. Who You'll is find Hugo? find him in the tavern. What does Hugo Go- look like? 
He's big. You won't be able to miss him. Big won't be able to miss him. Okay. And he's going to take his bottle that he had, his empty bottle. He's going to take it off the table as like that's now permission for him to exit the exit the circle. <laughs> I'm going to take my bottle. You guys have a good day. And he like almost like takes two of them and like pushes them a little closer together to like reform the circle. He's going to set his bottle on the ground <laughs> like at their feet. And like he's going to walk into the tavern. Okay, Ellie, you've had a couple of minutes to sit and examine. What are you trying to learn? Anything? Anything uh, in particular? Well, I, I think I'm just sort of people reading here a little bit. And like, like I said, you know, with reading lips, sort of hopping from conversation to conversation if it seems relevant, you know. Um, but I think in particular, like listening in for anything about selling um, like alcohol or substances to Piltover, uh, anything about like, um, well, obviously the, the kids, right? Um or any really like I think I'd be interested in tuning into situations. I think being a little bit more on top of the political situation down here than maybe Alexi. Like if somebody is referring to the Undercity as Zon, right? Like that would be I would probably hang on that conversation a little bit longer before like looking around to a different spot. Sure. So I think it's pretty clear like shortly after you sit down and take a look, um, A, the Minotaur glances your way a couple of times um even makes eye contact with you once um and b uh, as you're looking like it seems like most of the intelligent conversation has moved outside where they're able to talk because it's mm -hmm. pretty loud in this space you're definitely able to lip read though um and i would say this uh there's a couple of things that actually make me a perception check give me a perception check and that might do better at because it, it's not so much what you're lip reading is what you might see. Sure. Um, and if it's awkward, like or, with the Minotaur, like I, I would have like like signaled maybe to order a drink or something. I don't know if I have to go to the bar to get it or whatever. But if so, I would have stopped by the bar to get a drink. Yeah, um, there is no bartenders. So, I mean, there's no like bar servers or anything you'd like have that. To go yeah. up there. Yeah. Okay. I mean, there's not even any food here. It's just liquid. It's just you know, it's just liquid diets. You just roll natural twenty. I again. rolled another nat twenty. I, I this is insane. <laughs> this is insane. Okay. I started the campaign Unheard with a nat of. one, and now I've gotten three nat twenties. This is absurd. Let's go. Okay, so your nat twenty certainly will tell you any information you need in this room. One, uh, the clay jugs and brown cork bottles are being served at the bar. There are other things being served at the bar, but for the most part. Um, if it's being poured into mugs or cups, it's being poured from these clay jugs um, mm -hmm. that are lining the wall behind them. Um, and you definitely can read lips enough to know that they're calling it hooch. So when they're going up to order, they're going up and they're ordering hooch from the barkeeper. Um, and if it's not coming from that, it's coming from these brown corked bottles that he's giving out like entire bottles, pulling corks, giving out entire bottles. Uh, that seems to be what everybody is drinking. Um, for the most part, like I said, there are some other uh, various alcohols back there. Um, and then I would say with that that high roll, the other thing that you're able to realize is there's another guy in the corner um, selling something. You do not know what he's selling, um, but there has been a couple of people who've come up to him. He's sober, one of the only people who seems to mm -hmm. be sober in the place. He has a drink, but he seems sober and of sober mind. Um, and he's been making deals uh, for money in exchange for these small leather pouches. 
in one of the corners of of a goggle and bottle throughout. Now, do you want to go up and uh, go to the bartender, like you had said you were possibly going to? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would just go up to the bartender, um, and everybody's been ordering hooch, right? Yes. I will order. Uh, I'll. I'll uh... Hey there, um, hooch for me. He uh, comes back and he says, glass or a bottle? Yeah, let's make it a bottle. He grabs the bottle, boop, uncorks it, brings it over. He looks like he's going to slide it to you, but then he just takes his massive hand on it and his, his hand stays with it till it slides. And he has his hand on it like directly in front of you. And he says, first time here at the goggle and bottle, eh? Yeah, that's right. Heard good things. I <laughs> uh, heard good things all the way up in Piltover. Mm. Heard I could uh, do my business without too many prying eyes or nosy Nellies. And kind of raises eyebrows at the Minotaur. <laughs> well, you might be wrong about that. As the owner of this establishment, it happens to be my business to know what business goes on here. Hmm. How can I help you? You're not here by accident. Who are you looking for? He takes uh, his hand off the bottle. He, he he releases the bottle? Yep. Cool. Uh, I'll take it. Uh, and uh, I, can I make an insight check? Like, to see... Like, I want to... Like, yeah, like, I want to see, like, what's up with this dude. Like, if I blow him off, is that going to be... Like, is, it, like, is he overreaching or is he going to react negatively if I... If I blow him off, is okay, basically what I want to know. Is it a, is it another? Is it a fourth? Dude, this is, is a word. I'm Stop. not making this up. This is crazy. <laughs> Keep that Holy dice. Holy crap! You are not allowed to use another it's been dice like for the two rest different of the campaign. Dice. <laughs> I've been switching between dice. It's two different dice. This is crazy. Okay, uh, I mean, your insight checks would tell you that he seems. He doesn't seem to be dishonest in any way. His comment isn't threatening. Um, he had his hand on the bottle seemingly because he wanted to ask you a question before you got up and left. Um, mm -hmm. But he also doesn't seem as though he's attempting to threaten you. Okay. Um, and this guy seems like, does he seem like, I mean, obviously no one in, in like the Undercity is probably completely above board, but does he seem like at all, like, does he seem like a shady, shady customer basically is what I'm wondering. Like, initial impressions. He seems like he owns a business in the Undercity. Um, I, I, I I can't really go into, like, you can't really get sure. more than that from an insight check. Um, but uh, he seems respected by the people who are here. That's for sure. Like, okay. he, and it's probably not just because of his size, right? Like, uh -huh. there's, like, there's no one breaking the stuff in his, in his place. Mm -hmm. Um, like the people who are drunk when they come to a bar, like no one's giving him any crap. No one's complaining out about anything from what you've watched. What he says is kind of like law here. And it's not like he has a bunch of, you know, bouncers and enforcers to enforce what he says. Okay. Um, it's pretty clear that, you know, that, that he, he sort of rules this area. And it's, so it's not just a fear thing. Uh, it doesn't seem to be, it, do okay. it doesn't seem like everyone's afraid that if, if they misbehave, that he will absolutely pummel them to death. Mm -hmm. um, it it just seems like there's a respect for the bartender. Okay. Here. 
then I'm going to uh, take the bottle and then lean in closer and say, uh, you, you seem like a respectable sort, at least as far as you can find down here. <laughs> uh, a weird comment for anybody in the Undercity. Yeah, certainly. No, okay, yeah. I'll level with you. Looking for a couple kids. Mm. <laughs> yeah, thought that might be who you're looking for. Yeah, yeah. Oto and uh, and Jed and their friend, right? Uh, your words. Seen him? <laughs> yeah. Who has you looking for him? Unfortunately, that is confidential. Sorry. But I will say it is a uh, pressing matter. They could be in danger. No, I don't make it across the bridge very often. Well, <laughs> pretty much never. Uh, but down here, so I don't know how it works up there. But down here, it works on mutual trust. So there could be a wide variety of reasons you might be looking for a couple of piltover runts down here in the Undercity. Go from piltover yourself. So what type of trouble did they get themselves into, or have they just gone missing? They've just gone missing. Just got a couple worried parents, want to make sure they're doing okay. Something I'm sure uh, honorable gentlemen like yourself would also like to see. Especially considering they seem to be patrons. Mm. So that's why you're here. That's right. I have a bit of a soft spot for the brats. That's true. So you're looking for them. What do you know? They seem to have disappeared after an incident at a party. It seems that the, um... Well... There was something consumed at the party that may have led to a violent altercation after which they disappeared. Mm. Know anything about that? Uh, I would say at this point, Alexa, you kind of stride into the tavern uh, and you look up and you see uh, you see Ellie leaning in at the bar talking to this giant minotaur. Uh, who's uh, manning the bar with a dirty apron and a cigar in his mouth. Alexei's going to kind of like look over that direction and then just like straighten up and like look away, like trying to not be like obvious that like they're together, but he just like, oh, he's having a conversation. I should not uh, interfere and like tries to kind of turn and like look around and like, like act make it natural seem like that wasn't but it's exactly doing a really going. bad it's doing a really bad like he maybe got like one or two steps that way and then stopped himself and said she's having a conversation this would be a bad time to stroll up and starts like looking around all over the place trying to not look obvious but is doing a very bad job of it uh the minotaur's eyes glance up from you ellie and then glance back down at you and he nods up and it's like as his big chin nods up a puff of smoke comes out of his mouth and all of his like his little chin braids sway back and forth, and he says, that one with you two? Uh, without looking to check, knowing that that absolutely is is uh, Alexi based on the reaction, just sort of like uh, like rolls her eyes a little bit. Yep, that's, the, that's my business partner. 
Well, if you're wondering if I sold the kids something, I did. If you're wondering if what I'm selling here turns people into violent maniacs, look around. Obviously, it doesn't. I've already come to that conclusion. My question then is, if not your establishment, where would they have received something that could have caused that condition? And who might they have gotten it from? Uh. <laughs> uh. What's your name, Lass? L.E.D. L.E.D. Uh, they call me the engineer here. First name's Hugo. Last name's Wheeler. Uh, give me a moment. Have a drink. Thank you. Okay, time out. Did you really do that with your name intentionally? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> how did I not get this until now? Okay. okay. All right. All right. Uh, so uh, Hugo goes and he, you know, hands out some drinks to people. Um, has a couple of quick conversations with people who lean in at the bar who are half drunk. Um, he takes one and like literally shoves him in the head as he comes up to the bar and says, you're done. And then uh, turns around and comes back over to Ellie and leans in and he says, I know who it is you're looking for. I wasn't the last one who saw the kids, but I know who did. His name's Jeter. He, uh... Well, I know where you can find him, too. But, once again, this mutually beneficial relationship is uh, <laughs> starting to seem pretty one-sided. So if I tell you where, he's got, where he is and where you can find him, what do you got for me? Question is, what do you want? You see that guy over there? And he points to a guy who's by himself at a small table, semi-slumped over, um, not bearing any weapons. And he says, hey, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he owes me money. His name's Pierce. And he's been sitting here too long, sipping on that one bottle. Go and rough him up for me. You rough him up for me. Let's say I will... Uh, let you know where you can find Pierce. Oh, sorry, Jetter. Uh, I'm gonna size this guy up and then look back at uh, um, Hugo and say, "No problem. You want him bruised, broken, or bleeding? <laughs> Don't kill anybody in my tavern. Got it." Uh, I'm going to uh, look over at Alexi and like turn fully turn around um, and make eye contact with him and then point at the guy. Alexi's going to kind of like point to himself and like point to the guy. Uh, and I'm going to kind of like, ugh, like uh, frustrated, like uh, give him a punching sign and point to the guy that uh, uh, Pierce, I guess. That he wants roughed up. He's going to like turn back and like almost do like a throat, like a, like a finger across like the throat. Uh, big side. shaking of, of head. 
uh, <laughs> like, you know, no, no, don't kill him. It just, I'm just like, okay. And, and I'll Alexi do, and then thinks... I'll do this pantomime of like, ow, 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 you know? <laughs> and like, thinks... people are absolutely like noticing this, you know, like, what is these idiots doing? <laughs> you know? And we go through this elaborate, like miming that like, you know, I feel like Ellie maybe was like, oh, he'll totally get the idea. And then remembers it's Alexi. <laughs> <laughs> Alexi Alexi thinks like thinks about it for a second. He like he's like looking up as in like he's trying to put it together. He thinks he understands, gives a thumbs up, and he's gonna walk over to that guy and he's like very like brashly. He's just gonna go over this guy sitting in a chair. He's gonna push him out of his chair, take the chair, put the chair over his body, sit on the chair, <laughs> put his feet on his hands. Because this guy's like flat on his back, he's gonna put his feet on his on his arms and go. I'm here to hurt you. I don't know why, but I'm here to hurt you. I've been told to do so. So, so you walk over to this guy and you shove him. And when you shove him, as a point of just like almost immediate reflex, his hand glances up and deflects your hands off of him. And as he falls out of his chair and you go to grab his chair to put it over him, when he hits the ground, he just immediately rolls and lands on his feet, taking a boxing stance, and you need to roll initiative. Oh, I, oh, is this oh is he a drunken monk? And I just rolled a natural 20. Hey! On and I, and just, I just did too. Oh no! Really? Oh okay. dang! Yes. Amazing! I think I have the so higher many dexterity here. <laughs> I have a probably. I have a, I have a plus three on dexterity. Do you I have, have a higher? plus one? So okay, yeah. okay. So I still get to go first. I still get to go first. Uh, uh, Ellie, are you just gonna stay at the bar at this point? Uh, I'd like to roll initiative, but I we'll see what I do. <laughs> okay. What did you? Well, you're I third. A so fifteen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Unless you rolled an actual. I can 20. almost bet you're third. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you're third. So he takes a boxing stance. Do you have your uh, warhammer out yet, or have no. you yet to pull it off your back? Okay. I have yet to pull it off my back. Okay. He sort of takes a moment to size you up, um, and then he sort of slips, slinks to the side, um, and takes uh, a strike at sort of like one of the weak points in the joints of your armor does a 15 hit you it barely does it barely does um he then follows that up with a palm strike to the same location um but i don't think this one's gonna hit you a 15 uh seven plus five a third a 12 a 12 is gonna miss you correct correct 12 and then on his third swing a 14 does a 14 hit you no Okay, so his first one, he strikes you really hard, sort of in the joint beside your left knee. And then the next two, he tries to reinforce those blows. He's aiming at, like, a very specific pin in the joint at your knee. Um, the first one sort of almost dislodges it, but it kind of gets, like, it almost gets more stuck rather than less as he tries to drive out the pin and disable your knee. Um, so the next two attacks are ineffective. But the first attack is going to deal five points of damage to you, and then it will okay. be your turn. All right, he's like saw this like guy just like, try to murder him through with all of these strikes that he didn't know was possible to do <laughs> so quickly, and he's concerned but more or less confused about how this how this happened before he could like react and do anything. So Warhammer's out. He's like, okay, I'm gonna fight 
speed with just raw power and he is going to rage okay <laughs> which is going to uh set off the wild magic table um awesome. so i'm a wild magic barbarian for the listeners which means every single time that i enter rage which is an ability that i have that helps me fight in combat uh there is a table that i have to roll a d8 on which is going to um give me one of eight random effects that's going to happen around me that i can't control it's just going to happen so i now because it's the first time i'm entering rage uh or i'm because i'm entering rage i now have to use this wild magic table and we'll see what happens along with some of the the combat benefits. Okay. Give us the rule. Let us know what happens in your wild magic table. What number did you get? I got a one. Okay. Which means hot steam pours out between your body plates. Each creature of your choice that you can see within thirty feet of you must save on must succeed on a Constitution saving throw or take one d twelve fire damage. I also gain one d twelve temporary hit points. Okay. Uh. Well, go ahead and roll your d twelve temporary hit points. How many people are you trying to hit with this? Because you could basically blast the room of patrons if you wanted drunk patrons, or you could just try to basically channel the steam into this dude. I was only directed. I think Alexi's probably pretty like literal, pretty on the nose. Oh, wow. I rolled a 12. Uh, he's pretty on the nose. He wouldn't have assumed. Why don't I just take out all the other noisy and like unwanted patrons at the same time because he doesn't know that's why he's been sent over here he's just going to channel it at this one guy and just like well i rolled a natural one on my save so go ahead and give me your d12 fire damage for that's another 11 so he takes 11 fire damage okay he's gonna take the full brunt of that so he takes the 11 fire damage uh and then that's only a bonus action right so you still have your normal action that you can use that is correct time to swing the war hammer and i'm going to recklessly attack okay this gives you advantage but also means that i get advantage when attacking you which is really convenient when i have three attacks so I'll yes. <laughs> that's fine that uh, is an 18 plus bonuses so an 18 plus five oh, is 23. Yes, that's definitely gonna hit him with your big war hammer right right in the shoulder or something all right, so it's a 1d8. That is 6 plus the 2 damage from the rage. That's 8 um, plus what? Plus strength, right? Strength, yes. So 6 plus 2 plus 3. That is going to be 11 damage. 11. Oh, wow, okay. So just starting off strong with a 22-point of damage hit. This guy definitely feels it. He gets chunked in the shoulder, but he's a little drunk. So, uh, you know, he's he, he's ready to keep fighting. He, he doesn't know what's going on, but he, he's ready to keep going. Um, and then Ellie, are, are you going to engage at all or are you just going to uh, I'm going to lean back. I'm, I'm like sitting at the bar, like facing and I'm going to like lean back elbow on the bar and kind of turn my head to uh, Hugo and say, I, uh, I see why you might have difficulties with this one. Care for a wager? Uh, <laughs> sure. Uh, but my money's on Pierce. <laughs> I'll take that money. Slide puts 10 gold on the counter. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, he slides it over. No problem. (laughs) Match that. And he turns around and begins serving drinks and doesn't even turn his attention towards it. Uh, This turn, the uh, Pierce, the the boxer, um, turns. He takes his first swing at you and uh, just, boom, like bounces into your armor, isn't able to get through. But the next one he comes, and because I had advantage is a crit 
on the side of your head. He punches you in the side of the head, and then the next one with a natural 17, he comes up with a hook right directly into your Warforged jaw at the same time. You don't know how it's not shattering his hands, but it's not. On the first attack, Beans, we are playing that rule with the crits. He does um, 14 points of damage with which the crit. Halved, which will be halved and, because, I yep. am, uh, rec- because I'm enraged. Yep, exactly. I have resistance. Uh, and then... Yep, so, yeah, that's good for you. And then four points of damage on the second one, rolling a natural one on the damage dice. Um, But when he hits you with the first one, you must succeed um, on a strength saving throw. Um, So so I want you to, you have to make a strength saving throw. Let me know what you get. I have uh, good scores on that, 19. Whoa, okay, the first one, strength saving throw is fine. Um, then I need you on the second one to go ahead and make a dexterity saving throw. Which I have advantage okay. on. Oh, you have advantage I... on dexterity checks. Yes, danger sense. Advantage on dex saves of things that I can see. Oh, you can definitely see this guy. That is going to be a 15? 15, okay, you stay fine. You definitely notice, though, these two hits are jarring. The first one almost forces your weapon to fly out of your hands. The second one almost takes you off your feet, but you take a step back, stabilizing yourself. And, Alexi, it's your turn. He almost got through, you know, all of my temporary hit points. (laughs) Well, let me tell you, barbarians are just a wee bit busted. Go ahead. So I... (laughs) So I am going to, like, after kind of getting clocked in the head pretty hard, he's not going to recklessly attack, I think, on this one. He's just going to do his normal attack, but still enrage. Okay. Go ahead. That is a 19. 19 is going to hit this guy. Go ahead and give me damage with that giant warhammer, smacking him with it. That is going to be nine points of damage. Nine points of damage, racking it up here. Thirty-one on uh, on Pierce here. Pierce is 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 now like he's bloody. He's get hits in the shoulder. Um, you smack him again. This time, kind of in his side on the same side. Uh, he grunts pretty hard, but he comes back at you again because uh, he, he's not the type of guy to go down without a fight. He's been down before, and uh, he, you know he he thinks he can he thinks he can come out of this one. The first one is a fifteen. The second one is a natural 20 again, and the third attack this time is an 18. This is the night of natural 20s, my friend. This is the night of natural 20s. I don't know what's going on. There's good energy in the gym. It's good energy. All three of those will hit. The first one is going to do 10 points of damage, so of course you would take half of that. Sure, so five. Five. The second one is going to deal 13. That's the crit, and you're going to take half of that. Okay. Okay. And then the last one is only going to deal five points. So you'll take half of that, of course. The halves, good thing you raged because this guy has put out a fair amount of damage. There's no doubt about that. Um, And then on each of these, you're also going to have to make a save. So get your dice ready. The first one is a strength saving throw. Natural 20. <laughs> Natural 20. <laughs> this is okay. This is, this is incredible. How do you do this? Oh, my yeah, gosh. People, just, people come here just to listen to the nat 20s. The next one is a dexterity saving throw, which you have advantage on. So I don't even need to roll the second dice, but that's a natural 20. <laughs> oh, my god! Holy gosh. crap. What is happening? Is it was a 20 and a 1, to be this fair. This is amazing. Okay. 
<laughs> Last one is going to be a constitution saving throw. You probably have training in this, but you don't have uh, advantage on it. Correct. Okay. 14. 14 is a success. You've yes. succeeded every yes, big man. so far. Uh, and uh, Alexi, it's, it's back up to you. If I can't. If I can't knock weapons out of your hands, stun you, or knock you on the ground, I don't know what I'm going to be able to do against you here. The robot is just stalwart. He's just steadfast. You can't get him off his feet here. And I am going to smack him again. Why not? Let's stay the course. Okay. I feel like we're winning. I feel like we're winning. I don't know how much damage I've dealt, but I feel like you're winning as well. Uh, 16 plus 5, so 21. Yeah, and you know what? It doesn't hurt when you're rolling really well with your attacks either. Go ahead. Roll that damage. Give me that Warhammer damage again. So that's going to be in 8 plus 2 plus 3, so 13 damage. 13 damage. Okay, wow, quite a bit here. Um, I think uh, I think he's still got a little bit of fight in him. He's got enough fight in him to go one more round. So he's going to try to go one more round with you here. We're going to get a 15, a 20, and a natural 1 on the last one. So that natural <laughs> 1, obviously, that's not going to hit. But the 15 and the 20... Oh my guys, the good news is I'm I'm rolling terrible. Four damage and six damage. Four damage and six damage. You'll have both of those. So I think five total. But you do yep. need to make two saving throws for me. The first one is going to be strength, and the second one is going to be constitution. Strength is going to be a 14. Success. Dexterity have advantage on. That is going to be a 15. Okay. Yeah, we'll leave it at that. You succeed on that one as well. Um, and uh, that brings it back around to you. This guy's looking a little bewildered. He's never fought a robot before, uh, but he's feeling like he's at a distinct disadvantage when he's fighting a magical steam-pouring robot uh, that, uh, 100%. How does this uh, dude look? Because like, does he look like he's like the one, one more shot could clock him? He, he looks like he has a little bit of fight in him, but he's definitely pretty battered up at this guy. At this rate, like, his eyes are pretty big. He's, he, he's kind of backed into a corner, and, like, the tavern, like, the, the goggle and bottles in an uproar, everyone is surrounding you now. Um, they're chanting if for the fight. Like, they have no clue what's going on. Most of them are just drunk, but, you know, it's in an uproar. This guy's backed up into a corner um, looking, looking like a desperate animal, looking like a beat-up desperate animal. All right, I think I think Alexi is, smells blood in the water, and he's gonna he's going to reckless attack on this. Okay, so he's gonna get advantage. Yeah, go with the advantage. Uh, and that's that's what we were hoping for. That's that's is a that natural twenty. <laughs> on the second one, the first one was a four. Unfreaking real, unreal tonight. Well, Amazing. guys, if you've never played Dungeons and Dragons before, just this know is, that this is this not is what happened. <laughs> this is absurd. This, Do this not get used to happened. this as a listener. Yeah, we used to have a uh, we used to have a running tally in one of my games. Every time our DM rolled a twenty, we put a tally on the DM as a d bag uh, list, and, uh, <laughs> and, and and we would keep a running tally throughout the campaign. But this has more twenties this campaign than the entire d the DM is a d bag campaign uh, probably in it. So. Uh, uh, okay, give me your damage. You're going to start off with max and then roll. So uh, I don't know what the Warhammer does. Uh, is it a D10? It's a D8. It's a, D8. a D8? Okay, so yes, yeah, so you'll start off with that D8 damage. So 8 plus a D8 plus uh, rage so is, plus strength. Does the rage double as well, the date rage bonus double? Uh, no, the rage bonus does not double. Neither does your strength bonus. You'll still add that plus 5 to it. So just 8 plus 5 plus a D8. So 8 plus 5 being 13 plus the 6. So that would be 19 points of damage. 19 damage. Oh, my goodness. 
Well, I tell you what, this guy isn't dead, but he is unconscious, my friends. <laughs> and uh, when the hammer comes down the last time, he makes a desperate attempt to deflect the blow, but instead it just comes down and cascades into the side of his jaw. Um, teeth loosen, jaw snaps, blood sprays, and he is sprawled out on the ground. And uh, Hugo then glances up from the conversation that he was in, and he says, Ah, <laughs> That's good enough. He, he shouts across and should have stopped him last round. Uh, my bad. <laughs> Everybody back to normal. Fun's over. I, uh, I lean back uh, behind the bar again and make eye contact with him and like then shift my eyes down to the pile of money. <laughs> yeah, I guess you win this one. I haven't seen Pierce lose a fight like that in quite a long time. Yeah, I, uh, I travel prepared, and I scoop the money up. <laughs> I he say, and I, yeah, I say, now, uh, how about that location? Of course. It won't be hard to find him. Uh, you'll be looking for Jeter. Last name's Daly, Jeter Daly. And you'll find him in the pit. Uh, there's a fighting ring below the goggle in bottle. You can find the lift for it back in the back room. You're welcome to head there. Uh, if you're able to take care of a guy like Pierce, yeah, you'll do just fine down in the pit. Alexi's gonna turn and like turn around and like try to like he's like making eye contact with him, like with with uh with Hugo and kind of with uh um with Ellie. And he's like smiling and he's like pointing at the guy. He's like, I didn't kill him. <laughs> I give him a big thumbs up. Yeah, I know you did, bud. Great work. And I'm going to lean back to uh, Hugo and say, uh, out of curiosity, Hugo, um, how much did Pierce owe? Pierce? Oh, he didn't owe me anything. You just wanted to see him take a beating, huh? <laughs> I was hoping to see the two of you take a beating, but it didn't happen that way. So <laughs> Pierce got to take a beating. It's not something he's uncomfortable with or unfamiliar with anyway. Don't worry. There won't be any hard feelings. He probably won't even remember it when he wakes up. And if he does, I'll make sure he doesn't. I uh, I look at Hugo and just sort of uh, scan him up and down. And I say, I like your style. Uh, and I'll leave one of the coins that we just won on the, uh, on the, uh, on the table. And then I'll uh, walk over to Pierce uh, and I will uh, slip a coin in one of his pockets and pat him. No hard feelings, bud. And I'll gesture to, uh, I'll like shake my head and like uh, point my head towards where Hugo directed us to um, in the back of the room. Awesome. Uh, it's easy to find. You step in the back and there is like an open faced elevator. So you step in an open elevator. Um, it, you know, do you understand what I mean? It's kind of like a pulley yeah, system yeah, 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 yep. and, uh, kind of like a cargo, like a cargo yeah, elevator, freight elevator. Basically. Yeah. Right. Freight elevator. Yeah, sure. Um, and, but just before the gate is lowered, there's another person who slips in with you. Um, it takes you down there like a, a, a slimy, just a slime, slimy rat of a character, um, slides in with you to kind of the back corner and keeps glancing up at you guys. Cause he probably just saw you obliterate this, uh, this boxer, uh, in the bar, but. It takes you down a shaft that leads below the surface of this world uh, and under the undercity. The rickety apparatus that's lowering you, lowering you feels like it could fall apart at any moment, but after what seems like an impossibly long amount of time, 
You reach the bottom of the shaft, and the elevator screeches to a bit of a clumsy halt. The closer uh, you get to the bottom, the louder the world below becomes. And by the time you step off the lift, there's a roar of a crowd that has become quite clear. The pit is a large underground cage fighting pit. Um, The lift lets you off in a small hall that opens up about 20 foot ahead of you. The arena ahead is circular with a large dome-shaped cage in the center. The stands that surround the cage are pretty much full of undercity denizens screaming and cheering at the fight going on in the ring. The walkway enters the stands at about the halfway point with people sitting both above and below you. Vendors walk about the stands selling brown corked bottles and a line of people stand in queue at a table at the bottom of the stand opposite you waiting to place bets. In the ring itself, there are two fighters, both badly beaten, but currently between rounds with their coach at the edge of the pit. Either of you may make a perception check uh, for the surrounding area or for the fighters or for the pit if you'd like. If you yeah, don't think, want to, you could just make your no, way. Into I, the I think stand. I'm going to check the surrounding area. I don't think I would naturally like give a shit about these two fighters. I don't have a reason to to think about it. Alexi sure. just got out of a fight, and he's probably figuring he's going to be asked asked again to fight. So he's going to check the uh, the fighter. He's going to scan the fighters. Dude. Okay. Another. Did you roll another natural? Tw- another one. <laughs> I I feel like people are going to think we're cheating. Like I feel I, like people I, I, are going to be are. like. Be like we these, these are. guys are are totally locked. But I mean, I have seen the fancy little D and D symbol on this dice like so many times tonight. This is crazy. <laughs> well, I rolled a two, so there's some balance. <laughs> All right, there we go. Balance I'm glad that it force. wasn't another natural twenty. Now you guys know we have we have rigged only a handful of the rules. That's right. Um, <laughs> and I'm just gonna say with a natural twenty, like you're probably able to perceive everything at a quick glance, and so I'll give you what Gibby didn't see, um, because the crowds are. A grouping of of miscreants frothing at the mouth. Um, it's pretty full down here, and it looks like there's more than one entryway. So it looks like there's more than one way to get to the pit. It looks like the goggle and bottle is probably only one of the ways. Um, there are sort of like at you know like the 33 degree angles or whatever, like the three separate locations. So sort of like you're at the bottom of the Y, and there's two exits. Uh, leaving the pit at about the midway of the stands. I don't know if you've ever gone, you know, of course, you've gone to like a sporting event in some of the areas where you walk in. There's, of course, the the entryway comes in. There's stands above you and below you. It's very, very similar to that, except these are just like wooden bleachers in this pit. It's all lit up um, with uh, with like lanterns that are hung on the stone edifice above you um, that are lighting up the pit area below you. Um, and then, and I would say there's probably even some like some magical glow in the area that's keeping the keeping the place lit up. Um, but then, uh, you know, Alexi's examining the bots, but Ellie's the one who actually sees this. With the perception check as high as you got, you notice that one of the coaches uh, injects their fighter with a large syringe in the neck during sort of like I don't know if you you watch a boxing match or even like a UFC match. You know, between between yeah. like things, they go to the side. The coaches are patching them up. These guys are all bloodied up, and they're like, you know, trying to put on butterfly band aids and stuff to make sure they can see and things get the swelling down, all that sort of stuff. So imagine all of that's what's going on. Do you guys decide to take a seat and watch more of the fight, or what do you want to do now that you're in the pit? 
I would like to take a seat personally because Alexi just got like he got out of a, like, a tough fight. So yeah. he's not like assuming that he's like, he maybe asked to fight, but he's not wanting to. So he's gonna he's gonna try to take a seat and like observe because he's yeah. also interested. Yeah. Um, Ellie absolutely is going to find them a little spot, sit down with Alexi, and say, "Hey, uh, thanks for handling that. It was a little bit of a initiation, from what I understand. Uh, so didn't realize it would go that uh, far off the rails. Thought it was just some schmuck that didn't pay his bill." But uh, you handled it well. You made us some money. Uh, in fact, uh, here is what we earned. And it's going to pull out all nine gold that we won and hand it over to Alexi. Uh, and uh, she's going to say, also, um, you might want to get yourself patched up. Do you have those? Uh, uh, do you have that elixir? Oil I... cans. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, do you have that Am elixir? Am I the tin I... man? I was like, do you have that elixir I, I whipped up for you? He, like he he he's like I I I don't know. He starts searching over himself, um, and he pulls out a bottle. Um, she she's gonna say <laughs> nope, not that one. That's for the joints. Uh, and she's gonna reach in and pull a, a a healing potion out and give it to you. Okay, I was wondering. He's like, did you Which, give me something that I didn't remember? No, no. <laughs> Which you just... should roll roll two d four plus two if you decide to take it. Yes, um, he will. Yep. Go ahead and heal yourself. And in that time, the bell rings within the cage. In the cage, there's a big guy with blonde hair and a smaller, thinner guy with brown hair caked in his own blood from an open wound on the right side of his head. They size one another up, but the blonde hair fighter looks in horror as the thinner fighter begins to contort and shout out in pain. A moment later, the blonde fighter, the bigger guy who doesn't look as beat up, turns to run for the edge of the cage and surrender and the crowd begins to go nuts and drowns out the sound of the fight with a blood frenzied cheering the cage is hurriedly unlocked for the bigger fighter but a moment too late as he tries to leave the cage he's grabbed on the right shoulder and the left leg from behind with the savage strength and the smaller fighter throws him to the other side of the cage with such force that it rattles the stands. And before he can get up, he's pummeled again. Bone cracks, blood sprays, and his screams are muted by an uppercut that sends him against the cage again, but this time he doesn't move from the ring floor. The smaller fighter springs back across the pit as they're trying to lock the cage back up, and he smashes into the door at full force, but the lock was secured only a moment before he threw himself into it. He paces back into the pit as the crowd roars in approval and his opponent lays motionless at his feet. And a few seconds later, the opposite door is unlocked and the fighter makes his way out of the cage. And the crowd is just roaring, cheering. You have people who are kind of all around you right now. Um, I want to really... Uh hone in on the guy that shot him up with this stuff sure um and i'm gonna lean over to like a i guess like a probably drunk uh patron who, who's been cheering and stuff right like uh, yeah and i want to uh -huh. talk to him i'm gonna say oh that was a heck of a fight oh my gosh that coach he really knows his stuff yeah <laughs> yeah yeah, that's all, that's yeah. All. <laughs> so 
Yeah, who's who is that guy? I've got a fighter. I need to get him in touch with this coach. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what? Yeah, never uh. mind. <laughs> I'm gonna look for a less drunk guy to talk to. <laughs> is that seriously? Is there like a less drunk person I can talk to? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There, there absolutely is. There's a less. Um, you do notice that there's. And I want to. I want to just untie that guy's shoe, just as a spiteful, <laughs> just quick grab of the shoelace, and you go down. He does not have shoes on, completely barefoot, drunk. Oh. Barefoot. <laughs> he almost touches toes. I, I okay. Yeah, I, I take my drink and I spill a little bit on it on his foot. <laughs> He's got to fit the bill of the true drunk drunk guy. He's got no shoes. No shoes. Just screaming, just indiscriminately. No shoes. No words. That's right. <laughs> uh, yes. Uh, yep. Sure. You you can find a guy who's a little bit less drunk. Um, what do you say to him when you come? Does up he there? have shoes? Yes, he has shoes on. Oh, good. Just in case I need to untie his shoelaces. He has now shoes on, and he's walking back from the betting table, counting money. He sees you eye him up and walk towards him, and he quickly folds his money and puts it away. Uh, I'm gonna like uh, go. Whoa, hey, what a heck of a fight. Are you, did you just get some winnings, too? I'm heading over there now. <laughs> yeah, it's a good fight. Safe bet there, though. They know it, too. Oh, yeah? Whew. I don't know. I think that coach is on to something. Man, I've never seen a fighter turn around quite so uh, quite as well. That was something else. Yeah. Jetter's fighters haven't lost recently. No, I, I you know, with uh, insight like that, I'm sure he uh, gave him everything they needed to get the job done. That was awesome. That was crazy. Wow. Well, what a fight, man! I love this place. How about you? How long? How long have you been coming here? He looks you up and down for a moment, and he says, "Where are you from?" Oh yeah, I'm totally from Piltover. <laughs> uh. You know, it's probably not too damn safe for you down here. Oh, no, I I, I feel pretty safe, actually. And I'm going to point to Alexi. <laughs> you working with the enforcers? He cracks his knuckles. <laughs> no way. I got fired so fast. Wow. Did not make it. <laughs> they do not like people questioning their authority. Let me tell you, I cannot stand those guys. Good answer, I think. Yeah, well. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's a safe bet. If you want to place one, Jetter's got another fighter, a couple of them coming up not too long. You can go over to the tables over there. But uh, I would keep an eye out. There's not too many from Piltover that make it here. Yeah, no. Uh, to be honest, don't really fit in up there either. So uh, <laughs> we're... Uh, you know, fish out of water. Uh, so, hey, what's your name, by the way? And I'm going to hold up my hand. John. Hey, nice <laughs> hey, to meet you. He's not down the truth. He's not down the truth. But Oh, I totally know. I'm like, hey, John, nice to meet you. I'll uh, I'll see you around. Good luck on your bets. Uh, I'm going to go place one myself, I guess. And I'm just yeah. going <laughs> to uh, walk away and give uh, Alexi a thumbs up. <laughs> he's... After seeing that beatdown, Alexi's not too thrilled about what he thinks Ellie's probably scheming. And he's not too, like, 
I don't know. He's a bit afraid after watching what just happened and knowing he's probably still not at 100%. So he's like kind of gives like a half-hearted like thumbs up as well. Uh, and he's just going to kind of sit there quietly. And Ellie's over here proud because she thought she did a social interaction without uh, pissing someone off. So she's she's excited. Uh, she's going to, um, I think, uh, head back over to Alexi um, and say, Okay, so Alexi, I uh, I signed you up for the next fight. You're going against that uh, that guy that uh, that turned into a big rage guy. Yeah, that's what? who you're fighting. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just uh, kidding, buddy. I'm not gonna do that to you. <laughs> oh, I I was. You had me worried for a minute. I I did not think. Whew. Don't do that. <laughs> okay, sorry, sorry, sorry. No, but did you see me? I totally talked to that guy. Didn't you piss did. him off. He he like allowed you to say what you wanted to say? Yeah, yeah, and I told him a bunch of stuff and just we were friends and it was pretty cool. Honestly, I think I'm getting the hang of this social thing, but uh Do you, do you think he'd want to come work for Custom Investigations? You know, I didn't ask him. His name's John. You should go see if he's interested. Either way, I did figure out the coach, that's Jetter. That's who we're looking for. Oh, so oh, that's who has the children? Well, no, no, that's, I guess I didn't fill you in on this. That's the guy that was last seen with them. Oh. At least to Hugo. He uh, pointed us in this guy's direction. Who's Hugo? Oh, he's the, I guess there's a lot I didn't fill you in on. That was the the bartender. Nice guy. I I like his style. Uh, Either way, we could try to go talk to him now. Or we could wait this out and tail him. Whatever you think. I think he's got another fight, so he's not going to want to talk to us right now. Let's let's wait till after this fight and let's see what we can do. One thing I want to do is I want to see if there is there like a, you know, like in, in like boxing rooms, they have like ready rooms, like wait, like, you know, like lockers and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Is there mm-hmm. a room like that that he's that he might have went back to? There's definitely a, like a level in in rooms that are outside of this pit because he walked out and out of sight with his fighter, um, mm-hmm. and so there's definitely something down below somewhere. And between the fights, things are kind of dissipating. People are getting drinks, um, going back upstairs, all sorts of stuff. So there's a little bit of chaos and movement. If you wanted to try to slip somewhere, you could. Yeah, I definitely want to do that. I'm gonna tell Alexi, I uh, hang out here, try to talk to the crowd see if you can find out anything i'm gonna go see if i can find that lock room so i can slip in once they start the next fight okay i will keep an eye on the arena and on uh this uh jet stream guy and uh if i need anything um i'll get in contact with you um and uh she'll slip out uh and uh she's actually going to activate her uh infiltrator armor so use the sort of uh disruption field so even though she's like in plain sight, um, she knows that like when she gets into an area that's a little bit more secluded, at least her footsteps will be muffled. Okay. Um, okay. And that's I good. do want to slip down there and sort of like go the direction that I saw the guy go and see if I can like find that locker room or whatever. Okay. Yeah. Go ahead and roll me a stealth check to just kind of slip through stuff. It's almost like an inconspicuous check as much as anything else. Sweet. I have advantage on stealth. Okay. Uh, so I got a uh, 
16 Two plus four. 20. I got a dirty 20. <laughs> a dirty 20. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, the dirty 20 can certainly let you move around like relatively inconspicuously. You kind of throw your cloak up um, and make your way around. Um, you find there, there's basically like there's almost like concessions here as well um, mm -hmm. where like if you tuck back in out of the stands in different locations, like there's places like these narrow walkways where some of the people are coming through and some of the people are going to get drinks. Ooh, is there a, is nature. there like a commemorative T-shirt or like a like a apparel like fan like a like a for fighters like there, a hat or something like not. that? I want to because I want to because Alexi or, or uh, Ellie would try to look for something to buy for Alexi. You know, no, to buy like a, some merch. I want to. I want to hit up the merch finger. tables below the goggle you know bottle. You know what? Why not? You know what? Why not? Um, there's there's a there's a merch table that sells a shirt. It's a T-shirt that says, "I lost my innocence at the pit." Oh um, yes, that's it, it. You can buy that for him. Perfect. Uh, can, perfect. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna it, it cost you two gold coins for the "I lost my innocence at the pit." Uh, Perfect. Sure. Uh, uh, Ellie will go up and eagerly buy this. Um, and, and she's going to look and see if she can find uh, uh, the fighter and get it signed <laughs> for Alexi. Is this the pit or a brothel? What is going on here? <laughs> um, sure. So uh, I'll, I'll just to move through. So like you can find it. You find a, a fighter to sign it like a fight. You're not going to find the fighter. But you find a fighter to sign it. Um, and I'm just going to say that you you do actually make your way down and like you slip through a door that, you know, you shouldn't be going through. You make your way down all, like you almost get down to like you can see the base level of the cage because everything is sort of elevated. Like all the stands are elevated above it. Like the stands start at like the six foot mark on the cage. So the cage is down in sort of like a coliseum. Mm -hmm. um, and you make your way down. You find your way down to the base of the pit. You find your way to this sort of like underneath the stands. Um, and that gets you over into like a side door into a hall um, that will eventually lead you back in behind the pit. Um, and you find your way into actually a locker room. But when you go into the locker room, you don't find a fighter there or anything like that. You slip in, you close the door behind you. Um, but sitting in the locker room is a guy that you do not know. Um, and uh, he looks up at you and says, you don't belong here. Oh, wow. I guess I don't. <laughs> I uh, must have taken a wrong turn. Looking for the bathrooms. You know, I had a burrito and it went right through me. It's getting a little desperate Fal here. Falsehood. Falsehood or, or, or bluff, whatever. Yeah. Uh, whatever deception? The, yeah, deception, whatever the skill check is in d and I've never now. rolled a falsehood in D&D. &D. Yeah, well, you do in Burning Wheel, so. Yeah, uh, so good news. Uh, I didn't roll a natural 20, so people can now believe me and have faith uh, when I say yes. uh, I'm not actually BSing my rolls because I just rolled a seven. Okay, yeah. Uh, he says you'd have to wander an awfully long way to end up here from the bathrooms. Hmm. And yet I did it. I know it's a marvel. Um. Hi, my name's Ellie. Dan. Oh, hey there, Dan. Nice to meet you. Are you a fighter? What are you looking for, Ellie? Well, all right. You got me. My friend is a big fan of the pit. Loves all the fighters. 
I was looking to get this commemorative t-shirt signed. <laughs> and I'll pull out the, the t-shirts. <laughs> the I lost my innocence at the pit. Yeah, I'm just looking for all the all the fighters, especially the guy that was just in there, the one that beat the shit out of the other guy. I mean, whoo. My buddy was really impressed. I just, you know, I want him to remember it. It's been a fun, it's been a fun afternoon. You know, we don't get out that often. So. <laughs> yeah. I don't think so. <sighs> Why don't you All go right. back to wherever you came from there, Piltover Supervan? Hmm? What's that? What was that now? If you're not going to tell me what you're actually looking for, why don't you get out of here there, Piltover Superfan? Oh, yes. Um, hmm. Piltover Superfan. I did trade in all of my Piltover University merch when they kicked me out. Same thing, actually, with the Enforcers. Traded in all of that stuff, too. Really, I'm just looking for something to bandwagon on, if I'm being honest. I was going to go with the pit, but, man, people down here, they, they are awfully spicy about this sort of thing. All right, I'll get out of your hair, then, Dan. Uh, and I will walk out, I guess. <laughs> okay. Uh, you turn and walk out. As you turn, he gets up, and he says, why don't I see you out? Oh, uh, Sure. Why don't you? So he takes you down to a left, down a hall that's clearly not heading back towards the pit. Like, you have enough awareness of where mm -hmm. the pit would be mm -hmm. to know you're heading in the opposite direction of the pit, heading further from it. Uh, at the same time, uh, Alexi, you're standing there in the stands. You're sitting there in the stands, and most of them have emptied out at this point or other places. And you see, uh, coming from where you guys came in, uh, Hugo comes walking out in his giant form with a cigar in his mouth and glances back and forth and then glances at you and nods to you. I'm going to nod back at him and uh, just kind of look around and just like, I'm going to point to the pit and then just go like, like shrug. Like, this is pretty cool. He walks over to you and he says, spectating. Yes, what are you doing here? Are you going to spectate as well? And he pats the seat next to him for, for Hugo to sit down. He takes a big puff of his cigar and blows out the smoke. He's like, I was afraid the two of you might get lost down here. I had a break. I thought I'd come help you. Did you find Jetters yet? Uh, I believe uh, we saw him coaching some fighter who turned into a maniac of sorts. Uh, it was... Quite impressive and scary, and Ellie has gone off somewhere uh, to search around, and I decided to stay here and keep an eye on things. Did you say that we could get lost down here? Yeah, you look lost. Come with me. Okay. And he's going to get up and follow this Hugo. Yep. That he's that he he's now kind of putting together that this is Hugo. Um. Because he's never got to talk to him before. So he's going yep. yeah, to follow him. Uh, so you'll follow him a couple moments later. Ellie, you guys, you make your way down, and he opens up a door um, and gestures for you to go into it. What's through there? Uh, I'm sorry. The, uh, that's Ellie, not Alexi. Oh, Alexi, you're gotcha. still following Hugo. So he opens the door. What is inside the door before I step through it? Um, yeah, absolutely. Um, so inside the door, 
um, is uh, it's a room. It's a small room with a man pouring over books and records. Um, he's surrounded by bags, uh, like like sacks, like sacks and papers. Um, and when the door opens, he doesn't look up, nor does he greet you as you're about to enter. All right, I will step inside. The only other occupant, which you couldn't see from outside, is the smaller fighter that you saw before, lying unconscious and sprawled out um, on the side on the floor. Um, and you are welcome. This guy doesn't even look up. He doesn't greet you. Not that mm. there's the dude's unconscious, but this, the guy who's doing the books, he doesn't look up, doesn't greet you, nothing. Um, it'll give you an opportunity if you want to investigate stuff. You can, um, but maybe investigating the desk might be... Uh, you might draw the attention of the guy pouring over the books if you do that. Sure. Um, you know what I want to do? I want to look at uh, this guy that got injected and mm -hmm. see if I can see any traces of, um, like, the liquid that was distinctly different from the blood that we found at the party and see sure. if I can see any of that chemical compound anywhere in here. Yeah, go ahead and make an investigation check. Uh, not good. That was a nine. A nine. Uh, a nine will tell you that his eyes are bloodshot. Uh, his muscles are pulsing and writhing. Um, he does seem unconscious, but stable. It looks as though, like, all over his body, um, he's flexing them while he's unconscious. Um, but as you're investigating, your time runs out because the door opens, and striding through the door comes Alexi and Hugo. Oh, who is this fine fellow? Wow, large metal person. Goodness. Oh, Hugo, hi. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, Ellie will stop trying to shittily lie. <laughs> uh, looks like you he found your way. Hugo thought we might get lost, so he brought me to you, I guess. Oh, perfect. Uh, thanks, Hugo. Yeah. Uh, no problem. Goodbye. And he turns and walks out. And the door closes behind him, but, like, the moment it closes, like, you heard it close, you heard, like, a bit of a commotion outside. Not, like, a, a, a big commotion or, like, anything. Um, just, like, a shuffling. Um, the doors closes. Almost immediately as it closes, um, the door opens right back up. Um, and in front of you, walking through, um, is Jetter um, and three other people. Um, Jeter is a medium-sized human with dark hair and mutton chops. He's missing a right leg, and he walks with a limp on some sort of a cybernetic replacement. And he looks surprised to see the two of you. Uh, he walks in and says, Ahem. What do I have? Why are you here in my office space? Now I have to commit to this voice. This is ridiculous. Yeah, that's a fun one. <laughs> you did it. That's, you started that, this is on you. Why are you here in my office space? Well, hello. Um, my name is uh, David. And um, we are here to uh, tour the pit. We've never been here before, and we... Thought it was pretty cool, so we we made friends with the big Minotaur man that just brought us in here, and he said that we could tour around. 
He said that you could tour into my private office here at the pit. He just took us here and said this was the first stop of the luxurious backstage to see. So, lovely office. <laughs> and what is your name, one traveling with a largely intelligent robot named Dan? David. 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 Sorry. Uh, yeah. Um, name. Uh, David here is my friend, and my name is Shmavid. Shmavid. That's right. <laughs> your, Such a bad liar. Your name is Shmavid. Yeah. I, is uh, that your full name, or is your last name Bavid? <laughs> Shmavid Bavid uh, is what no. I would have to expect. Uh, nope, nope. Shmavid is uh, just the first name, and trust me, I, I've been giving my parents all sorts of heck for it. Uh, but uh, yes. you can't, sense you can't you pick your name. And look for someone named David to be your friend then. That's right. That's why we connect so well. He holds out a high five. Boom. The crispest of high A practiced crisp high five. Echoes in the office. Hugo is overstepping boundaries. But he's clearly sent you here for a reason and doesn't want to deal with you himself. So, why are you here? Let's get this over with. Okay. And uh, preferably honesty this time. It'll get you out of my room faster and me back to making a profit here in the pit. He kind of looks over at... Uh, Alexi kind of looks over at Ellie and kind of, after the whole schmavid comment, <laughs> doesn't well, have Well, she raises much... her eyebrows as if to say... You're the one who started this with the fake names. <laughs> Doesn't have much faith that she can keep up <laughs> any sort of like reliable or believable ruse after going with Shmavid. Um, he may not be the most intelligent, but he realizes that Shmavid is a bad lie. So um, he's going to kind of almost come to terms like visually like with, okay, let's, let's go with the truth. Okay. Um, we are looking for three children that have been missing, and Hugo was quite honest and um, said that you might know where we can find the children that you've seen them recently. Uh, three young youngins from from up uh, in Piltover. We we are looking for them and want to know that they are safe. Have you seen them? Damn it. I knew I shouldn't go making friends from anybody in the upper city. They always go and get themselves in trouble, and then other upper city denizens come snooping around. Hey, trust and me. And it's not uh, safe. We, uh, we didn't really want to end up here either. Just saying. And if it is to be clear, we are not working with uh, enforcers. No. Uh, and we are also not here to cause any trouble of you. Just looking for the children. That's it. Oh, you're not working with the enforcers? No, no, Ellie doesn't like them. Got fired. Shmavid kind of doesn't like them. <laughs> uh, well then, that makes my situation slightly less complicated, I guess. If you're not working with the enforcers, that is. No one's going to come knocking on my door. Well, I don't know where the kids are. How can I help you? Outside of that, of course. 
because I don't know where they are. I saw them not that long ago. They made their way into the pit. A couple of kids from the upper city looking for trouble. It's not completely unheard of. Sure, yeah. Um, look, uh, you seem like a decent... Uh, you know what? Not going to finish that sentence. You seem like a fellow. Uh, look. Now, here's these, a guy. <laughs> these kids... <laughs> These kids appear to have gotten a hold of whatever it is that uh, you shot that guy up with, and I'll point to the dude that uh, is writhing on the floor, and uh, somehow got it uh, into a, well, a Piltover University party. I'm sure you can understand what kind of a scene that might cause. We would like to find them as they appear to be on the run uh, after having caused said difficulties. I don't really care what goes on down here. At the end of the day, I just want to get my paycheck for finding this kid, dragging him back to his parents. So help me find him. I got no problem with you, buddy. What makes you think he was shot up with something? All right, look, I can put two, 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 two and two together, okay? Uh, I just saw what you did to this guy. Nice going. Glad you won the fight. Won some money on it, right? Good for everybody. But at the end of the day, uh, the signs completely match that of the bludgeon to death child uh, that was at a university party. Of course, we found the uh, bottles from the uh, goggle and bottle. So we know it came from here. We're not trying to cause any problem with you. Like I said, we don't even like the enforcers. We just want to get our cut and take these kids back to their families. Alexi thinks to himself, I knew I should have kept that tooth as as evidence. <laughs> Listen, I um what an absolute mess. Listen, the undercity is undergoing let's call them changes right now. There's a few pieces of new leadership in place down here. It's not safe for you to be down here. And it wasn't safe for them. And I told them as much. I would never have dealt Shimmer to those kids. Shimmer? Is that what we're calling it? Is that the substance? And I'll, like, look over at the guy. That's what we're calling it. Listen, I have a fanful of... Uh... Partners is too strong of a word. Workplace proximity associates that are in my life who also have access to what these stupid Piltover kids got their hands on. We're all strictly forbidden from dealing it or selling it to anybody from the upper city. Nobody from the streets of Piltover ought to get their hands on it. And if one of my friends is dealing it to the kids that's bad business for me as well not just bad for you so now i'm obliged to actually help you because if you traced it back here well then my employer would be able to trace it back here as well and i can tell you this much i didn't sell it to the kids they came looking for it but i refused to give it to them now we're getting somewhere these uh, proximity people, 
you talked about, he forgets the exact words that he says. These proximity people, which of them would you say is most likely to give kids drugs? Give me a persuasion check, both of you, at this point. Can I just give sweep. him advantage? Like, can I just assist instead of... Yeah, roll? yeah, yeah, yeah. You can just give him advantage on this. Great, because if I roll, it's just not going to be good. <laughs> yeah. All right, so persuasion at advantage. That is good. That is slightly less good. So it's going to be a 14 plus four for an 18. An 18. An 18. That's going to be successful. Jeddah looks down at his watch, and he looks back up at the two of you, and he says, Hugo mentioned that you're not bad in a scuffle. Is that correct? Yes, I beat up some dude in 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 the bar who who hit me a bunch of times, but I hit him harder. Does that count? Sure. Listen, if you can prove your worth that you'll be able to survive on the streets of Piltover, I'll give you the name that you're looking for. I got a tag team match starting in a little less than an hour, and only one of the fighters showed up in the locker room today. The other one... Who knows what happened to him? The point is, he's not here, and I need two fighters. I can promise you this. He motions at the guy who's pulsating and laying on the ground. None of this business in the fight. I don't even need to coach you. It's a low-level fight. It's nothing that will get you in over your heads if you're strong as fighters as you say you are. You in the tag team match... I'll give you the name that you're looking for. It will have proven to me that you'll at least be resourceful and tough enough to find it. And uh, and Ellie's going to kind of ignite a little bit of electricity that sparkles in her other other hand and like the glove. How do we feel about tech? Tech is fine. <laughs> and there we're going to end uh, episode two of Almost Legends. Uh, thank you guys so much for tuning in and being part of it. We appreciate it. And in a couple of weeks, we're going to be releasing episode three. So see what happens as we jump into the pit fight with Ellie and Alexi and see if they can earn the right to the name of the Shimmer Dealer that they're going to try to track down who may have dealt Shimmer to the kids most recently. Thanks so much for tuning in. Be sure to come back again next episode. Okay, guys, thank you so much for listening to this episode of Almost Legends. And I just want to tell you as well to come and check us out on Discord and on Patreon. Patreon.com slash camp. Legend, why? Because this podcast is a proud part of the Camp Legend Network, which is comprised of us and another show, Legends Cast, that we do. A much longer-standing show covering a, ta- a, a digital card game called Legends Over in Terror. We'd love to have you come and join us in Discord. Let us know what you think about this show. Uh, and by the way, please share it with a friend. If you know someone who likes D&D and think they might enjoy our show set here in Piltover and Zon, let them know about it. We'd love for them to come check it out as well. Leave us a rating and review wherever you listen to podcasts. It helps people find us. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. We hope you enjoyed the show, and we'll see you back for episode three.